New Hope Outreach Ministries, making a difference by taking the gospel from word to action. And now, today's message. Testing, testing, one, two, yeah, we, we live, good. But yeah, but God is good, so we just want to thank God for all the great things he's doing. Anytime there's bad weather, anytime there's bad weather, I use the text tone and let him know that we're not going to have church or whatever. And, and whenever the weather's bad or whatever, don't feel that you need to come to church unless you feel safe. If you feel safe driving, then drive. But you'll never find Pastor John telling you to come to church just because, whatever. If, if, it's, if it's not that bad, I will be here. But if you're not here, that's no big deal, by the grace of God. So don't put yourself in a situation of risk uh, getting into an accident or whatever because of the weather and all that good stuff because things do happen. And there's an enemy out there would love to do what he can to try to create as much habits as he possibly can by the grace of God. Amen? Well, God is good, so this week God got great things in store for you. So this week we're going to be sharing with you about God always keeps his promises. Amen? And this is so important when it comes to believers, being able to understand that God always keeps his promises or whatever. Because what happens is many times um, we got so many liars in the world. Look at your neighbors and liars. And people, people in, in the church, outside the church, um, you can't really put a lot of confidence in what they say because they're not always true. But God is always, uh, as always, when he tells you something, he's always, you can always bank on it by the grace of God. By the grace of God. And the promises of God, whenever God makes a statement to you, that is a promise to you that you can hold on to. By the grace of God. Now, it does not matter if it be five years, ten years, or twenty years from now. If God make that promise to you, that's your promise. Now it's up to you whether or not you want to hold on to that promise or not, by the grace of God. And what happens is many times, so many, so, so unfortunately, so many people are living on a, on a promised poverty. Look at your neighbors that promised poverty. The promises are there. Make sure you understand what I'm saying. The promises are there, but they're complaining and worrying and murmuring just like they're not there. In other words, just like anything, a poverty or sickness or whatever the situation may be, a richness, or, I mean, um, all those things are in place. God had made all those things in place as far as, uh, as far as making us become wealthy and rich and all that good stuff, giving us good health. But unless you claim those promises, men of them are not going to work for you by the grace of God. And everything you do, God always makes a promise to you. He is a promise keeper. Look at your neighbor. He's a promise keeper. In the, book of, in the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 23 and verse 19, this is a good scripture to remember. Um, God is not like man that he, should, that he should lie. Neither son of man that he should repent. Hath he said... Shall, shall he not do it? And then it goes on to say that um, hath he not spoken, 
he would not make it good. Now, this is so important because, see, God had made a lot of promises to many of you out there this morning. And many of those promises have not come to pass yet. But what he has said to you, it will come to pass. Now, what you got to do as a believer is this. You cannot get in a hurry and try to force his timetable. And this is where a lot of people get in trouble at, trying to force his timetable, force his hand. Remember Galatians. Galatians, write the scripture down. Galatians 4 and 4. Nothing can happen until the fullness of God's timing. Jesus didn't come to the fullness of time. So that's why it's important to being able to, when God shares him with you, um, it's write it down. Write it down. And because what happens is, you're going to probably need to revisit that situation again down the road. But if you have no way of knowing, no way of understanding of what God said, you're going to be all over the place. But that's why it's important to write it down when God gives you a promise. When he make a declaration to you, hold on to it by the grace of God. Then over there in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20, he carries out and fulfill all of God's promise. He carries them out. And people say, well, um, if God said, if God said, it's going to come to pass. If God didn't say it, don't worry about it. It's not coming to pass. So that's why when people say things to you, what God said, Sometimes you have to be careful. You have to filter it. Because if it don't come to pass, you could be upset. But it just lets you know it wasn't God that, told, that said that to them. That was them saying it. But if God said it, it's going to come to pass. It's just not a matter how. It's just a matter when. And, and, and I love that. So we are told everyone how faithful he is and giving glory to the name of God. Because, you know, let all the promises of God are yes and amen in him. He wants you to have them. And when we do this by the grace of God, God is always able to do great things for us if we just learn how to be patient. One of the things that the enemy has done over the years, he has destroyed the church and worked his own little plans and, and processes in the church to get people, to keep people from being patient. We live in a society right now that's very impatient. We got to have it right now. If it don't happen tomorrow, it, I don't want it. Then I need to figure out a plan B how I can make it happen. But this is not how God works by the grace of God. God don't always work that way. And when you think about when you think about promise or whatever, you can't think about promise without going to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter chapter twelve, verse three and four. But before you get to Genesis, um, put your hand in Genesis twelve, chapter three and four. But also go to First Kings, 
chapter 8 and verse 56. There's one verse I want to point out to you right there. We're talking about Solomon after he had prayed. And you know the thing about God, God has a great track record. And the thing about God is this, you don't never want to question his track record. Anything he's done for you in the past, guess what? If he's done it one time, he can do it again. He can do it again for you by the grace of God. And some people get a little bit confused because they're looking at this situation right now and they forget about what God done for them yesterday. And that's not what God wants you to do. God wants you to always remember the great things he has done for you. And that's why the scripture says, praise the Lord. He promised to give rest to his people, Israel, that he has given, has given us. And he used his servant Moses and made many, what, good promises to his people of Israel. And guess what? And he kept what? He kept every one of them. And that's the thing about God. Um, you're saying, well, but God, uh, you told me this. You promised me about this house and about this job or whatever situation, but uh, it ain't came to pass. But God is not dead either. He's still alive. He knows how and he knows when. So he's going to bring it to pass by the grace of God. And that for me, I've been in a situation where there have been things I prayed for, had forgotten all about them, and God had brought it to my attention that he was answering that prayer I had prayed for some time ago. Has anybody ever been there but me? God have done that many times. I'm telling you, he'll do it because we forget sometimes. But he was, he'll let you know, he said, look, remember you prayed for this some time ago? Here it is. He don't forget. Just like in the book of Psalms 121, uh, he said that he neither slumber nor sleep. God don't follow him. He don't take power naps. He don't take vacation. He's always with the 24-7 burning. Even like, like I said, last night he was working on the computer or whatever. We're in the midnight hours or whatever. Pastor John was asleep. Well, since he's going to be awake, well, I might as well sleep. There's, there's no need of both of us being awake. So, I, so while he's awake, I'm going to sleep. And by the grace of God, and plus he knows more than what I knew about the situation anyway. So it been better if I was asleep, by the grace of God. Now, when it comes to promises, God always makes promises to you sometimes that's beyond your imagination. Beyond your imagination. And when you think about promises, we look back at the book of Genesis. I know you, you're there already. Genesis chapter 12, verses 3 and 4. And God said, guess what? I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And so in verse 4 it says, so Abraham, so Abraham departed as the Lord has spoken him, spoken to him. This is part of building that, that relationship with God when, you, when it comes to God's promises. Regardless of what it looks like, don't get caught up in symptoms. Don't get caught up in what you see. Just be moved by faith in God. Because symptoms are going to be there. 
Because the devil loves, he loves to do things, make symptoms, whatever. And, and he can make symptoms look like they're true. Because look what they did for, for, for Joseph. After they did, did it, um, um, he, they took his coat and they went out there and, and after killed the goat and everything and put blood all over the coat, he took that coat to his dad and basically um, convinced his dad that wild animals had gotten his son. So symptoms going to be there. But that's not what you're looking at. What you're looking at is what God said. It's the promises of God. The promises of God is always going to be there. It's always going to stand. Regardless of what people say. People say, well, you know, I just don't believe it. They don't have to believe it. Only thing you want to believe is what God said. If God said it, then get ready. It's going to come to pass by the grace of God. Now, can you imagine, again, you heard this story many times, being 75 years old, being told that you get ready to have a baby. If that's not something to laugh, I don't know what is. Not, not 25, not 35, 75. You are way, way, way beyond those years. And God is telling you this was going to happen. Going back to what I said earlier, God's going to tell you some things. It's going to show you some things. It's going to seem like it's going to stretch your wildest imagination. But if God said it, he's going to bring it to pass. Regardless, even if you what? Laugh at it. Even if you make a joke about it, he's going to bring it to pass. And post sir, she just knew for a fact, man, Abraham, you are crazy. There's no way in the world we're going to have no child at this age. So when Abraham had um, Isaac, it was 25 years later. He was 100 years old. Yeah. 100 years old. But, but, but why is that important to you? If God is going, is going to make a promise to you, he's going to give you the energy. He's going to give you the strength. He's going to give you all the means you need to make sure that you are available to be able to enjoy that promise when it comes. He don't just give it to you, just say, well, you know, I'm just giving it to you. But I'm going to give it to you so you can enjoy it. You're going to be able to benefit from it by the grace of God. And, and guess what? God did it. Everything he told them he was going to do, even though they got in the midst of it and got involved in it and got with Hagar and tried to change things, whatever. Listen to me. God is, even if you get off course, look at your neighbors and get off course. Don't mean that you should stay off course. Find yourself, in, find out where you are, get back on course, and move on with God. Amen? Because God knows us. He knows we're going to do some, some amazing things sometimes. But guess what? He don't write us off. He don't negate that promise he made towards you. Well, you've been bad today. Uh, 
like Santa Claus, you know, uh, there, there, there's no gift for you this year. I can't bring this promise to pass because you haven't done everything I told you to do. You haven't been a good girl. You haven't been a good boy, a good mom, and a good dad. No, that's not God. When God makes a promise, it's a promise. It's a promise to keep by the grace of God. And the good thing about God, he always wants to make sure that when he do something, he keep his promise by the grace of God. Go over there to the book of Hebrews. It's not down and put this on the overhead, but it's a good scripture to remember. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 11. God is amazing. And many of you right now are reaping promises that you have prayed years ago. God is now yet bring, just beginning to bring them to pass. Don't give up. Look at your neighbor and say, don't give up. Because this is the year of the turnaround. Don't give up. Don't give up. Hebrews 11 11. Through faith, also Sarah herself received strength to conceive the seed. So even though God had promised her that she's going to conceive, but her body needed strength to be able to, to, be able to allow this promise to fulfill. What did God do? What did he do? He strengthened her. He strengthened her body. So if God is going to promise you something, is promising you something, you, you, he's just not promising you just would be promised to you. You can just, just casually enjoy it. He, you will enjoy it. And you have fulfillment in, doing, in, in the process of doing it by the grace of God. By the grace of God. Why do people don't trust God? Why do people don't trust God? What caused people not to trust Paul Warren? Caused people not to put um, trust in God? I wrote, I wrote a few things down here if you guys are you want to, I mean, some, some notes here. Um, God gave me a few nuggets I want to share with you guys. Many times we don't trust God because we don't trust ourselves. Let me say that one more time. Many times we don't trust God because we don't trust ourselves. If we think we're, if we're a liar, we think God a liar. God don't come true in his word. We don't come true in our word. Guess what? We don't think God can come true in his word. Point number two. We don't believe what he says true. You heard people say, you know what? I just cannot believe that. Have you heard people say that? What they're saying is not that they cannot believe it. They are not willing to believe it, what they're saying. They can believe it, but they're not willing to believe it. Lord, I, I, you know, I, I want to believe what you're saying, but guess what? I just cannot just believe that. Yes, you can. If you want to. It's a choice. And many times, people don't take the choice to, to believe it. And because they don't believe it, it don't happen for them. 
It don't happen. So we don't believe what, what he says true. Point number three. We get used to doing things our way. Get used to doing things our way. If you are a fixer and you like to do things your way, you will have very little patience for God. Because God don't fix it, you can fix it. Because you know the army were great for this. Plan A and a plan what? Plan B. B don't work. Hey, let's go to C. We're going down the alphabet. But we know there's a plan out there somewhere. Got to keep working until we find it. But see, all this does is this. By having this mindset and developing these traits and these habits, when it comes time to trust God, for God, what God is trying to tell you, makes things quite challenging for you. Because you get so used to doing it yourself. Just like I had in just like in, in the house when cleaning. When, when the child don't want to clean it, don't want to do it your way, you, what you tell her? Stand to the side, let me do it. <laughs> well, that's good. But guess what? You haven't rectified the problem. Because when the next time come to do it, guess what? You don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. Number four, many times there's no strong relationship. You don't have a strong relationship with God. You don't know him that well. When you don't know people, you don't, you can't, you don't trust them, and, you, don't talk, and you, can't, you can't talk to them. And whatever they say, you know for a fact, it's not going to come true. Because if a person tells you one lie, what makes you think they won't tell you another one? And you know and I know, we don't like to be dealing with lying people. But God is not a liar. Point number five, last point. The reason why people don't trust God, because God will not give them what they want. Too slow. God, I need money now. I can't trust you. I'm already in debt. The thought in my mind, I need to go down to the loan company and borrow this money. You don't need to do this. You can't, you can't, take, can't make money, take, can't take money, get out of debt, get money, and get out of debt with money. In other words, you're in debt. You, the worst thing you want to do is get more, get in more debt. And many people do that. And then they come back and say, "Praise the Lord! The Lord has blessed me." Then a few days later, child, y'all need to pray for me, man. That devil, that devil's been calling me, worrying me about this money. Well, honey, you should, you, know, you knew you shouldn't have got that money from the beginning. But you did it anyway. If you'd have waited a little while longer, God would have blessed you. But we don't want to do that. 
but don't want to do that. And that's why it's important when it comes to God's promises, we want to make sure that we keep God's promises and making sure we obey what God tells us to do. Um, in the book of Hebrews, go to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 34. Got a few more things which I want to share with you, and we're going to get ready to close in a little bit. In tough times, it can be challenging to trust God in tough times. But in the, even during the, in the tough times, if you have the faith and put it in the right place, you can trust God. And see, and the thing about this, the enemy will work overtime to do what he can to discourage you, to keep you from being able to trust God. He don't care if you trust in money, trust in things or whatever. His main objective is to keep you from trusting God. Keep you away from God. Now, if you go over here to the book, I think in the book of um, uh, Mark, Mark the fourth chapter, I believe it is. Whenever God gives you something, he wants you to hold on to it, but many times people don't hold on to it. Mark 4.19. Go to Mark 4.19. When it comes to God's word. And what happens is this. The things comes along in this life to choke out everything that God has given you. And like I shared with some of you, and I, share, and I haven't shared with all of you, but I'm going to share with you now. Um, whenever you are under attack, when the enemy attacks you, the very thing he uses attack first are the things that God bless you with. He's coming after them. And that's why, that's why he don't mind you getting as much of this, this system, this world system, in you as much as you can because what it does is it causes you really to become less, less, it causes you really not to depend upon God less. Make you depend upon God a whole lot less. It'll do it. Because if you got all this stuff, why you need God? You got money, you got things you need. Why do you need God? And no man can love two masters. No man can love two masters. And that's why it's so important that the enemy come to trust, come to try to make sure he get rid of that promise. To try to get that promise out of you, make you forget it, make you lose it, make you not write it down make you forget all about it by the grace of God. But God got a plan. And he wants to help you. Look over there in the book of James, James chapter 1, if you will. I find this very interesting, this passage of scripture, these scriptures here. 
share some things with you. Because many people today are under a lot of stress, worried, frustrated. They cannot believe that God is going to do what he's promised him he's going to do. Because they can't see the results. The enemy is doing everything he can right now to wear the saints out. If you haven't been under any trials or tribulations or been dealing with a lot of thoughts, a lot of foolishness, crazy stuff on the job, in the home, even in your, even in your personal life, he's trying to wear you down. He's trying to get to you. And we're going to share with you later on why is he, why is he trying to get to you. In the book of James, the, the church here was Christian people just like you and I were. But they had been through a lot of stuff. They remember God's promises, been taught God's promises and everything. Well, hold on to God's promises. But all of a sudden, look at your neighbors, all of a sudden, attack came. Attack came. Out of nowhere. And when that happened, it got people totally, totally discombobulated. And they were trying to figure out what happened. And normally that used to be the case. When we when we undergoing a lot of troubles and a lot of situations, whatever, most of the time the average individual wants to try to figure out what happened, how it happened, and, and when it happened, by the grace of God. We're trying to figure it out. And sometimes we don't know. But James here, he said in... Um, in, in chapter in chapter one and verse two, he said, "What count it all joy? Count it all joy when?" Now you notice he didn't say if it's going to happen, whether it's going to happen, when it's going to happen. Hmm. Said when this happened, he said, count it all joy. How can you count it all joy? Trying to hold on to God's promises. How can you count it all joy? And the word count means, it's, it's a mathematical term, meaning that you can, you can add it up. Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. But how can you count it all joy? When you know when you know you can control the outcome of it. Most people don't believe that they can control the outcome of a lot of things that happen in their life. They don't believe that. Let me go to James right quick. Let me turn to that right quick. They don't believe it. And because they don't believe it, they feel that, that they have to let everything go, and you don't. Remember... You still have dominion over all things. Remember that? Still have dominion over all things. And then he goes on, he said that um, in verse 3, he said, Knowing this, that they're trying your faith, work with patience. Knowing what? Knowing that when these things happen, when the enemy come in to try to steal 
what God has promised me. When these things happen, guess what? I know that I got the victory. And you heard me say this, and I say it again. You cannot wait until you get ready to go into a problem before you deal with it. You got to know up front how you're going to deal with that problem before you get into it. This is where God's grace comes in. He don't just go in there and take over the problem. He do what you can do, what you allow him to do. The moment you say, guess what? I got this. I'm not going to let the devil destroy this situation. I'm not going to allow this to happen to me. I'm not going to allow this to take place by the grace of God. This is how I choose to deal with this. If you can understand, if you know this and get this in your heart, you can count it all joy. You can count it all joy. That's why a lot of people, when they get into a situation, that's why they get overwhelmed. Because they're waiting for God to do it all. They're waiting for God to fix it. God, you know what you need to do. You fix this situation. And God is not going to do it. Remember like he did at the, at the, um, over there in the book of, a book of John, over there at the grave of Lazarus. He told Martha and Mary, he said, guess what? They wanted Jesus to roll what? The stone away from the grave. He said, no, I'm not going to do that. You do it. You do what you can do and I do what you can't do. And seeing the point with it, this seems a little hard on God when it comes to God dealing with us. But what God is doing us, he's teaching us how to stand and fight back. And fight back against these things. Versus laying over and being a blanket. No, that's not what God wants. God don't want us to be, don't want us to be a blanket by the grace of God. Then he said, let no man say when he is tempted. He's tempted of God. Going down in verse, verse 13. He said, let no man say when he is tempted, he's tempted of God. These people here, the Jewish people felt that they're being tempted. They're going through quite a bit. But there are three words I want you to remember here when, the word, when you look at the word tempted. They felt that they were being devastated. They felt that they were being crushed. And they felt that they were being destroyed. And that's the way you feel when you're under a lot of pressure. Devastated, crushed, and destroyed. That's the way you feel. But James is saying, guess what? Let no man say this, that he's been devastated, crushed, or destroyed by God. And most people have the, have the mindset, if it's bad, God did it. And this would happen to some of these people here in the Jewish, if you read the history about them, they, they had a great history when it came to God. But what happened was, over a period of time, they were getting overwhelmed by attacks and Tax of the devil, whatever, it started affecting their thinking. They knew God was good all the time. But then all of a sudden they started thinking, said, well, maybe God can let bad things happen to us. 
And that's not God. That's not God thinking. That's why it's important for us as believers is to be able to understand and say, guess what? This is how I choose to deal with this situation. Just like when you go into a, uh, a discussion with a heated discussion with us on a job. They don't decide how it's going to come out. You decide how it's going to come out. Even when you get in, get in an um, argument with your, your parents or with your husband and your wife, that husband and that wife don't decide how it's going to end. You decide how it's going to end. You count it all joy by the grace of God. You count it all joy. And when you do that, things can change. But why was all of a sudden, why all of a sudden now, things are running along smooth, you're going to church, everybody's happy, everybody's in place, it's almost a picture-perfect situation. But all of a sudden, something changed that caused all this stuff to be created, all these attacks to occur. What changed? What change? Go to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 32. What change? When you start getting close to God and making decisions for what you want God to do for you, get ready. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready. Ten thirty-two. It says here that the Hebrews were called to remembrance of the former days in which after you were illuminated. Illuminated. The word illuminated in the Greek means did so. In other words, God gave them, gave you some understanding on some things. Now catch this, catch this. When God gives you understanding on some things, the enemy ain't going to do what he can to come along and attack it. To try to take you, take you out on it. And when you get this illumination, that's why it's important to be able to hold on to it. This illumination is just not no just regular illumination. This is the understanding of God's word. Revelation knowledge on some things. Some things you didn't understand. For, for an example, um, you were not given at first. But now, all of a sudden, God had gave you a revelation on what giving does for you. The importance of giving. The impact of giving. You got what? You got understanding. You got illumination now about that subject healing or whatever, whatever it may be. So when that happens, the enemy will gonna come along and do what he can to try to do what? Try to get rid of it. Same thing with God promises. When you get God promises, he don't want you to remember them. 
They don't want you to pay no attention to them. He wants you to continue to think that God is, he's not loving, he's not kind, he's unfaithful. Remember, remember what I'm telling you. Remember going back to the book of Genesis. This is what caused Adam and Eve to get in trouble. She started questioning God. Started questioning God about her and the devil started having a conversation. Started questioning what God had done, what God had said. God made it plain what he said. But what did she try to do? She tried to change it. And she did change it. And guess what? We're still dealing with the problem today. That's why it is important to stand on God's promises. Because they're coming. And through, maybe through a scripture, doing your reading in the mornings, or whatever. And when, that, when you get that illumination, not only going to give you understanding, but the illumination changes. Go to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 9 and verse 3. It's not just changing, it's not just giving you understanding, but that illumination is going to change you. The more of God, that's why when it comes to a lot of times, when it comes to uh, different things, when it comes to church or whatever it may be, that's why the, kid, the enemy don't care about certain things you've been involved in because there's no illumination to it. There's no benefit to it. It's not going to help you. It's just a formality. And you, when you begin to look at the life of Paul, uh, Paul said, he sojourned, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, illumination. Changed his life. See, when your life began to change, not only externally, but internally, the enemy is coming after you. He's coming after you. So don't start crying and worrying and, and getting all big-eyed and all the other good stuff. What you do, you count it what? Count it all joy. Because you know where it's coming from. The moment you made your mind that you're going to serve God, you're going to go to church, and you're going to do all this type of stuff, every Sunday morning all hell break loose. Stuff happening normally don't, don't even happen during the week. Nobody got clean clothes today. Well, we, I just washed a few days ago. Well, we ain't got nothing clean today. So instead of you being focused on God, now you got to refocus on something else. So that means that that week that you missed, that's some words you did not get. And that's where it goes. Same thing we go for when it comes to giving. God, I'm going to be faithful when it comes to giving. I know for a fact, if 
when I do this, you always bless me, whatever. Then all of a sudden you start doing that. Car break. Air condition break in the house. Kids need shoes. Clothing. And the list just goes on. Electric bill out of control. What normally cost twenty to a hundred, two hundred dollars fix the car. Now it's almost a thousand dollars. What is he doing? What is he doing? Trying to get you out of that joy. Trying to get you to quit. And if you're not strong and rooted in the word, that's why a lot of people lose it at. That's why they lose it at. And that's what they're writing James. They were writing James because, see, James was the pastor of the church of Jerusalem, and they wanted to know, why is we having all these attacks? James said, because things you've been taught. You're getting some good teaching. That's why you're being attacked. Standing on the promises. Is God good? The most important thing, we continue to keep standing on God's promises things will, will continue to keep getting better for you. How to apply the promises today? Being obedient. How we apply these promises. We apply them in faith and patience. Obedience, faith, and patience. It's no longer, God is not waiting on us to control, situa- waiting on us for him to control the situation. God wants his church. You as the believer to stand up and take charge now. We need to stand up and take charge now. He's done what he needs to do. Now we need to do our part by standing up and taking charge. And stop letting the devil kick us around like we are a soccer ball. We need to fight back and fight hard and not surrender. And if you know you're a fighter, sometimes you're going to get the bear, and sometimes the bear may get you, but guess what? When he gets you, he's going to be wore out. He's going to know he's been in a fight. He's not, and not going to say, man, you know, man, that was just a piece of cake. No. Uh-uh. Man, I know one thing. I don't want to mess with him or her no more. That was too much for me. It's time. Standing on the promises of God. Every head bowed and every eye closed by the grace of God. Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for all the great things you're teaching us and all the things you're showing us. And we praise you, God as we continue to stand on your promises, God, knowing that you are able to bring to pass everything that you promised us by the grace of God. And we thank you for this right now. And we just give you glory and give you praise and give you honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Where God is good.